I'm Jeff Murphy from Boston University Alumni Relations, and I'm your host for an interview series showcasing the career paths of our most interesting and accomplished alumni. Welcome to the Proud to Be You podcast. My guest today is the Director of Public Relations for Princess Cruises, Nagin Kamali. Nagin earned her degree in public relations from the College of Communication in 1998. Prior to joining Princess Cruises, Nagin held a wide variety of senior roles at the Golan PR agency, including Senior Vice President and Executive Director. We spoke about her path beyond BU, why she felt drawn to the PR world, and the lessons she's learned in building her career. Nagin, thanks so much for taking time to be on the Proud to Be You podcast. Um, I, I, we just talked about this briefly, but I, the way I found you was because you actually had volunteered to be an advisor for the BU Career Advisory Network. Would you mind telling me a little bit about why you decided to join that uh, movement? Sure. Um, well, thanks so much for also having me. But um, I, I have found mentorship to be one of the greatest offerings that I can give back to those entering in the communications field. And I think BU does a great job of trying to connect alumni to uh, communications professionals, especially in the College of Comms. Uh, and I saw that opportunity and it, it, it afforded me the chance to be able to give something back to a community that I'm not as close to since I live here in Los Angeles, um, but to be able to share my experiences and and quote, wisdom with those that might be entering the field. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. I, it wasn't that long ago that you signed up. Have you been contacted by anybody yet who was looking for some advice? I, I haven't. I have not been contacted by anyone. Well, we'll have to make sure that we remind folks once we release this uh, interview that, that you're available for consultations. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. Would you mind telling me a little bit about just you as a kid growing up? I think, did you grow up in the Los Angeles area? I did. I grew up in a suburb of Los Angeles called Palos Verdes. Um, I, I was actually born um, in Iran, left when I was four around the revolution, um, but grew up the majority of my time in L.A. And I went to undergrad um, in uh, San Diego and then immediately following that experience, um, started applying to communications grad programs and Boston has a very special place in my heart. I have family that lives in Boston. My parents actually fell in love in the city. Um, and it was a, a opportunity to be able to apply to grad schools on the East Coast. And when I got into BU, I was thrilled that um, I was able to I was able to have the same experience that my parents also had. That's a, a, quite a story. Were your, did your parents by any chance work in PR? I'm just wondering, I know that as an undergrad at UC San Diego, you majored in communications. It, was that something that you just your entire life sort of knew about as a field when you were a kid? Was that kind of what you knew you always wanted to do? I had no idea what public relations really was until I stepped into my first class at BU. Uh, the comms program in, at, universe, at the University of California, San Diego was an excellent one, but it was very theoretical and not practical. And my parents were not in communications. My dad is a consulting mechanical engineer. Um, my mom is a, a bit more on the artistic side. She owned a um, women's a clothing boutique for um, about 28 years. Um, but neither one of them really knew what public relations was. And I actually had to find, even though they're fluent in English and that's what we speak at home, I tried to find the Persian word for 
PR, which doesn't really exist. It's actually a, 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 a they use advertising as it. Um, so it was it was quite an experience trying to tell my dad who who was in the hard sciences that his daughter wanted to go off to to study this liberal arts kind of field. So when you got to BU, you mentioned that you were looking for, you know, something that was a little bit more practical than theoretical. Um, when you got to BU, did, did sort of your academic experience immediately live up to what you were hoping to, to have? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, all from all my classes and the coursework, um, I really dug really deep into case studies and, and learnings as well as writing um, and it was the, the a great supplement to the, the the undergraduate learning that I had. Were there professors or specific classes that stand out in your memory that people you remember that really had a, a profound impact on your your career? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, Dr. Marilyn Root, um, who was the communications I think assistant dean at the time when I was there. You know, we're still like connected on Facebook, and um, you know, she really took. Uh, an interest, I think, in, in our grad class or in our grad in, in the graduates, and I found it um, that I could always speak to her and learn from from her and her classes. So, you know, every teacher I think really gave me uh, a great opportunity to learn from what they um, their expertise was, and then also all of our guest speakers as well that came in from the community. Um, I could really learn from their practical knowledge. I'm curious to know also about your experience at BU outside of the classroom, and I'm, I'm guessing as a grad student, maybe it was certainly different from the traditional undergrad experience, but um, did you feel at home at BU? Were there places on campus that became regular hangouts? Were there student organizations that you got involved in outside of academics that sort of added to your experience? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a different experience than undergrad. So I um, moved to the city actually with one of my best friends who went to the BU uh, school of social work. Um, we got an apartment in Kenmore square. Um, and you know, I lived, you could hear the Red Sox games from our rooftop. So we, we had the idyllic, um, you know, Boston experience. And, um, you know, I definitely remember, um, spending most of my time in the college of palms. Um, but you know, being able to walk to school and then future in the future, walk to my internships, and really take in the city and the campus was an, an amazing experience. It really was uh, one of the best periods of my life. So when you think about yourself, those nights you spent up on your roof, uh, listening to the crowd at Fenway Park, when you think about that person, w- would that person be surprised to see the career that you've gone on to have now? You know, I, I think there's, I think I would have been surprised at where I, where I ended up, um, but I, I knew then that um, this was the field for me and um, feel really lucky that uh, I, I found it and then uh, found the industries in which I had uh, clients and now in which I work in-house that I'm able to work in because I really, truly feel blessed to really found a career that I, I feel like that I'm passionate about and evolve as the industry itself evolves. So looking at your LinkedIn profile, it looks like you started working at Bischoff Solomon uh, Communications even before you finished your degree. Is that right? I did. I, As part of our grad program, if I recall, there was an opportunity to do an internship. And I identified 
Bischoff Solomon Communications, which was um, a small-ish agency in the city, which is actually no longer there. The principals separated, um, but one, but both are currently working in communications, and one is one of my significant mentors, and I still keep in touch with her, but identified them as an agency because of the client list that they had. So everything from the regional work for Starbucks up and down the East Coast to um, the Colonnade Hotel right there by the Prudential Center uh, to Legal Seafoods um, and um, the Boston Pops. Um, So those were some great clients that I had the opportunity to work on with them. So that must have, you know, having that exposure while you're still working on a degree must have made the decision process on what to do afterwards fairly easy. Did you did you know that you had a full-time gig lined up before you actually walked across the stage with your diploma? I did. <laughs> I have to think back. I think um, I, I was an intern and there was an opportunity to get hired as uh, account coordinator and I, I grabbed it. So uh, I was I was very lucky. So when you think back to that first, you know, account coordinator position, what were the the reason I asked this question is because I think we have a lot of sort of recent and young alumni who listen to the podcast. What did you learn those first couple of years out of school where you're you're finally working full time in the field that you you'd picked? What were the lessons that you learned about, you know, PR and how to make it in that industry? I, I learned to be resilient. Um, I learned um I learned to, I obviously like learned to work hard. Um, I, I learned about client relations. Um, I absorbed um, from every person that was, that I worked with their work style and approach. And I, I, be, I really believe that I continue to learn from every person that I come into contact with. And so to be able to be in the workforce and see different styles of, of approaches to, to, to problems and how they go about it to different character uh, characteristics that you may want to emulate or um, adjust um, was helpful because it's an industry. It's a it's a field where you're constantly having to deal with um, various situations and and how you handle those are are very important. So you had some success early on in your career, and then uh, again, looking at your your career timeline, it looks like you made a pretty de- big decision to move all the way back across the country to LA. What what went into that process in in terms of making that decision? Well, from a professional point of view, um, I had an amazing experience at Bischoff Solomon Communications, but um, there were some limitations in terms of size, budget, um, the national scope of clients. Um, and the, you know, the, even the media relations work that I was doing was much more regionalized. And so I started thinking about like what my next step would be. And, I, and it really was to gravitate to working with um, larger budgets, more national clients, so that my uh, experience could broaden. And you know, I, I looked at New York as well as Los Angeles. And coming back to L.A. to be closer to my family ended up being the, the right choice. So I, I, was, I was very lucky that I... Um, I actually, you know, Bischoff Solomon Communications was working with McDonald's at the time on a regional basis. And I knew of some contacts over at McDonald's national agency, uh, Golan Harris, which was the name at the time, now Golan. And I was able to make a connection in LA. I believe he was actually a BU alum as well. Um, and that I reached out to, um, 
Jerry Swirling, but I might might be wrong, so I'll double check. I'll have to double check that and get back to you. Um, and he actually put my resume on the desk of a colleague at the agency, um, and that was kind of how that move that moved. So it's no stretch to say that networking has played a, a really important in, in building your career, right? Uh, networking is a huge way to build your career, and it is so much easier than it used to be with sites like LinkedIn. So then you go to Golan, uh, if I've got my time correct, uh, in 2000, and you're there for 16 years and held six different titles along the way. Is that unusual for the PR industry for somebody to be with the same firm for so long? It, it, well, I think in this day and age, it, it's um, it's unusual, but I really was afforded unique opportunities that allowed for my growth and um, kept me there. So um, it was a uh, it was it was career making um, to be there. So, what were some of those projects that you worked on that that became career making? And I'm I'm curious to know, you know, the the highlights that you remember, but maybe also were there were there times where things didn't go as planned, and, and you know, some lessons that you really learned from maybe make, taking some missteps. Yeah, I'll start with the the lessons, then go to the good stuff. But um, you know, even my my first week there, I got put into a new business pitch for a major automotive client and the pitch had all of the uh, executives from the automotive client as well as um, our leadership in the room and um, you know I stumbled on my um, speaking and um, it was it was a bit of an embarrassment for me and but the the CEO at the time said to me hey Nagin um, you know you were uh, they it really just showed that you were being human and although I appreciated his feedback, I think what I learned was practice was important. And from that, from that challenge, I ended up identifying speaking opportunities at, um, I took on basically any speaking opportunity that came my way so that I could um, practice um, either public speaking or, um, or, or other speaking opportunities to, to enhance that because um, it, it was a, a, bit, a bit of an embarrassment. So needless to say, they went on, they, um, they won that piece of automotive business and had it for a very long time. Um, so that, that didn't really affect it. So again, looking at, at your your time with Golan, it looks like you were promoted six times. I'm curious to know if you have advice to share with folks about how to be how to continue to sort of climb a ladder from inside the same organization, um, and if there are you know sort of things you could share with folks about how to make sure that your your work is being seen and appreciated by you know your superiors. Yeah, I mean, I. Um, I think one of the key moments in my growth was when um, my super, one of my supervisors at the time left to go back to the East coast, um, to to be closer to her family. And they did not, they did not hire, um, they did not hire a, uh, replacement. And I basically elevated my work and was able for that work to be seen by, um, a vice president at the organization. And that led from me being promoted from a senior account executive to an account supervisor. So, um, I think identifying opportunities like that and look for those where you can step up is a is a key is a key moment in, in an agency. I think also taking on new opportunities and showcasing um, your strengths is a is another one to do. Um, so um, those are just just two. But I, I didn't get a chance to tell you about the successes. 
take a moment and talk about um, two of them. One is I worked on the Mattel business for um, a significant amount of time and had the great opportunity to celebrate both Hot Wheels 35th and 40th birthday. And we took the Hot Wheels brand on the road to seven automotive cities around the country um, and had um, an amazing time bringing that brand to life for kids and adults of all ages. Um, so that was one great opportunity from an experiential event standpoint, as well as a uh, national and local public relations um, activation. And then staying within travel and cruise, um, Cunard Line was one of my clients at Golan, and I was lucky enough to work on the launch of its uh, ship, Queen Elizabeth, with the Queen of England um, at the time who named her and that, that over in London. And that was also just an incredible opportunity as well. So I was going to ask you, I know that you had worked on the Cunard line um, brand. Is that what led you to your current role? Sort of. Uh, you know, 15 years is a long time to be at an agency. And I was feeling the opportunity to make some change. Uh, my current, um, the vice president of communications here at uh, Princess actually was my Cunard client at the time. And he, uh, there was an opportunity that presented itself here at Princess where he now is. Um, and it, it just, it, it was, it was, um, it was one of those opportunities I couldn't pass up. So um, again, we worked together. I kept in touch. We um, continued to um, actually be on the board of the Public Relations Society of Los Angeles together as well. And that led to us, um, I think, me coming here. So I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit more about your role as director of PR for Princess Cruises. I'm guessing that in your in your occupation, no two days are the same, right? As uh, can you tell us a little bit about your life and what what is it about PR that makes you happy? I love that um, from the tactical element that I am even now able to speak to a journalist, quote, sell them a story, and then it appear now online or in print. And that um, I'm able to actually um, uh, create that that opportunity. Um, it is one of the reasons that I got into PR was because of media relations, and it's it is um, a huge enjoyment of mine to identify a journalist who I think might be interested in the story, sell them on a story, and then them actually write about it. So that continues to be um, something from a tactical standpoint that I love. Uh, now that I'm here at Princess representing the brand, obviously on a daily basis, we are working to create memories for the guests that sail with us on their vacations. And, and that's that's a, you know, a big job. People spend, save up and spend to go on a cruise and we want to make sure that they're enjoying the ultimate experience. So when I get to hear stories of those uh, amazing experiences, it definitely is, is a highlight to put a negative spin on things, but, you know, a lot of times cruise lines are in the news for not so great reasons, whether it's an illness or some, just something bad happening on a ship. Are you, as a, as a spokesperson for the company and the, you know, director of PR sort of constantly preparing for responding to some sort of, uh, you know, PR crisis? Is, or is it not something that you sort of, you know, go to bed dreading every night? As any good PR person would say, it's important to have a crisis plan and also to practice. Uh, so we actually uh, initiate um, 
yearly or, or every uh, or twice a year uh, crisis drills um, to prepare us for various situations. So um, we have that part in terms of pr preparing. And then um, we're lucky that the, our predecessors in the department also have, um, uh, we have an arsenal of, um, of, of, of documents that we can utilize for preparation for anything that may come up as it comes up. But no, um, things, things, always, things are always popping up that we have to deal with. Um, and ensuring that the message is accurate that's getting out to the media and to the public. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was, as I was thinking about your career, you know, you started working full-time in PR in, in 98, right? So you, you've been in PR the entire time that we've experienced the rise of digital and social media. And I, I can only imagine that you've had this sort of front row seat to how that has changed your industry, or maybe maybe it hasn't. But I, I'm wondering if you could just sort of comment on how, how things have changed in your industry over the last 20 years. I mean, when I started in PR, there there was no Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So I mean, I, you you can you can literally see the difference in terms of what has changed. Um, you know, it in when I started in PR, there was I believe still a travel reporter or editor at every major daily paper in the United States, um, and it is um, you know it, it is is sad to kind of see the kind of decline of our, our print colleagues. Um, you know, but it, it is the nature of the um, kind of diverse uh, media habits of the country now. Um, so, you know, so I, I have seen that that total shift. Um, and one of the other like, important aspects that of like of the growth in my in my field was I kept up as best I could with the changing landscape. And I'm, I am by no means um, a social media expert. But I do have um, I have led integrated marketing uh, campaigns within Golan. Um, I you know social media reports into me here at Princess. So I think it's important to um, kind of see where it, it, as as you see things that are changing, um, try and get an understanding of those changes. And I think the biggest question right now is like where are we going to be in five years with PR? And that, that was actually something that I, I was hoping to chat with you about. Would you care to make any predictions about how digital will continue to change PR or, or what sort of changes you see coming down the road in the next five to 10 years? And, and how do you see yourself being a part of that? I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, here at, here at Princess, we are content producers and publishers. You know, we have a, a magazine that's produced um, every quarter that reaches a million people. That's more than some um, online sites and magazines uh, now. Um, so how can we leverage, you know, we have a Facebook page with, with more than 2 million followers. So how can we leverage the fans um, and those that sail with us? So we sail over 2 million guests to, um, to communicate directly to them, um, you know, minus the, the reporter, right? So I think I think that there there is going to be an evolution into the content space in a much bigger way, um, and I'm just trying to figure out you know how how we can uh, incorporate that or be a part of that. So when we started talking about your early days of your career, you talked a lot about you know er learning resiliency, um, you know looking for opportunities to always 
grow and stretch yourself and make sure that your your work is seen by um, you know superiors when if you haven't yet, I, I know that you'll start to have, you know, both students and other alumni that are going to reach out to you through the Career Advisory Network. What will you say to them about how to, how to get started, how to launch a successful career in PR now? I mean, I think it was, it's, that it's no different than when I look to, to find my first job. I think you have to, I think coming to work every day and working for um, a brand or a client or an industry in which you're passionate about will make it easier every day to get up. And um, I think uh, students these days are well-versed in, um, I think, the way that brands market and do your research in terms of um, looking at brands that you enjoy using, being a part of, the way that they're contributing to um, the, the world, and go after either the agencies or the, or the brands themselves for opportunities um, within e- either one of those places. So as a spokesperson for Princess Cruises, are you constantly being tasked with uh, setting sail on a voyage to some new exotic destination? And, and if so, what's the next one on your, your uh, calendar? Well, I, um, I, am, I have not sailed as much as I would like. My team last year did an did a, a enormous amount of sailing. Um, they went to Japan and um, the Western Mediterranean, uh, the Caribbean, and the uh, Mexican Riviera. Um, I am actually heading um, for my next destination. It's to um, the Caribbean on board a Caribbean Princess uh, for uh, the launch of our ocean medallion technology. Uh, so uh, it's going to be an exciting trip uh, in January. Oh wow! Well, I hope you have a. I hope you, it's not all work. I hope you get a chance to to kick back and enjoy it a little bit. But Nagin, thanks so much for for carving out some time for to to chat with us on the Proud to Be You podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Let me thank Nagin Kamali once more for joining me on Proud to Be You. She's got a great story to tell, and I really appreciate her taking the time to share it with our audience. If you'd like to connect with Nagin, you can find her on the BU Career Advisory Network by visiting bu.edu slash alumni slash can. Thanks again for listening to the Proud to Be You podcast. If you like what we're doing, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Proud to Be You wherever you download your episodes. I'm Jeff Murphy, and no matter where your path takes you, be proud to be you. The Proud to Be You podcast is produced by Boston University Alumni Relations. Our theme is from Jump and APM Music. To learn more about Proud to Be You, visit bu.edu slash alumni slash podcast.